What up, son? It's the tail of the tapes. The fuck life. Saying. Season two, episode forty-six, tail of the tapes. So, for the record, it has been fucking freezing lately. We hardly ever get into even double digits anymore, so sometimes the window is open, but most times it's closed now, so I didn't succeed on keeping the window open until I turned into a fucking icicle. <laughs> on today's episode, we got Exhibit and Big Sight. So, before we go forward with anything on either of these guys, I want to address something that I should have addressed a month or so ago. So... Generally speaking, the golden age of hip-hop is considered to be around 1985 to 1995. Obviously, it's a bit more subjective, but that 10-year span right there is generally considered to be the golden age of hip-hop, and episode 41 covering Fiend and Agala was our last episode in the golden era of hip-hop. So, technically speaking, since we are in 1996 currently... We are technically no longer in the golden age of hip-hop, which is crazy, man. We started in 1980 and then quickly entered the golden age of hip-hop. But as time went on and we got into these 90s, there started to be so many more new artists coming out each year as hip-hop became increasingly popular. So we were in the golden era of hip-hop for a long time, but that has now come to an end. We are now officially past the golden era of hip-hop and approaching the new millennium rapidly. So, obviously, let me discuss my history and opinions with these two artists before we move along into any info. So, I'll actually never forget the first time that I ever heard Exhibit. It was probably 1999, maybe 2000, and I was on a hockey tournament, and this kid was listening to headphones, and I was like, what you listening to in there? I don't even remember if he answered me and I don't even think he answered me. I just remember him giving me the headphones and letting me listen to it. And what was playing in the headphones was a song called Paparazzi by Exhibit. And I absolutely loved it from the minute I heard it. Um, I remember hunting him down after that to find the name of that song. And this was right around when Napster and shit had just come out. So... I got in touch with the kid, he told me the name of his song, I went home, I downloaded the song, probably burnt it onto a disc, and and to be honest with you, that kind of led me down a road of, of surfing for more underground hip-hop on these music platforms. Now, that's not to say that Exhibit is necessarily considered an underground artist, but for me, it was someone that I was unfamiliar with being in the mainstream at the time, which... Could have either been due to the fact that Exhibit probably wasn't at the peak of his career yet at that particular time, and also because of the coast that I lived on, but either way, the point I'm trying to make is that it opened my mind to the reality that there was a whole world of MCs out there that I had never heard of, but now had access to because of this platform where you could essentially just steal music for free, right? I mean, that's pretty much what was happening. Didn't Metallica, like, sue Napster, and Napster got shut down, and... It was this whole big thing. Nowadays, they've obviously figured out a way for the artists to just get paid for the streams. And they play ads on your videos on YouTube and things like that. And obviously, great amounts of revenue are generated. But yeah, man, definitely an interesting history there with Exhibit. And as far as my opinions on Exhibit are concerned, 
I never listened to an overabundance of Exhibit. I love the song Paparazzi. To this day, it's still one of my favorite hip-hop songs of all time. Um, you know, I fucked with a couple other songs by Exhibit. I liked most of his verses on features with like Eminem and Dre and Snoop and shit like that, but I never had or listened to an Exhibit album or anything like that. To me, Exhibit was always one of those guys where as time went on, I started to wonder like, yo, how come nobody ever really brings Exhibit up? And I'm not trying to say that I ever thought he was ridiculous or anything, but he just seemed underrated to me for some reason, so... I was definitely intrigued going into this to listen to Exhibit's catalog and see what I heard. And again, that's not to say that Exhibit was unknown or had no, you know, commercial successes or anything like that. But I think in general, Exhibit is probably more well known for Pimp My Ride than he is for anything else. So that's, you know, as far as a rapper is concerned, that's obviously not the exact result you're looking for. But again, you could look at that coin two ways, right? You intended for rap to be maybe your most successful thing or thought you were better at rap or maybe never saw this bringing in this much money or whatever, but he did pretty good with rapping too. So the fact that he was able to supersede that and be more successful or make more money with something else, and I'm not saying that he did, it just seems to me from the outside looking in that he did, um, but you know, it could be looked at as a shitty thing or a good thing. So now... Big Psych, for those of you who are not aware, is a past member of Tupac's group, The Outlaws. I knew pretty much nothing of him aside from the handful of verses that I had heard on Tupac's song, so I didn't have too much of an opinion or an expectation of him going into this study, but I can't say I expected too much, although I do remember his voice and delivery being unique and liking it, so I was curious to see if he was a dude that was actually dope and just went mostly under the radar, or if he was more of a dude that really wasn't good but knew Tupac. And in general, I fucked with the Outlaws. I mean, I don't remember having any Outlaw albums. To, to be honest with you, I don't really know if the Outlaws have any albums. I would assume they would. Um, but off the top of my head, I don't really know about that. I just know of Tupac's work with them and stuff like that. And uh, I never disliked the Outlaws or anything. I never thought the Outlaws were bad. But I also never really thought the Outlaws were anything special. And... You know, you're alongside one of the greatest of all time, and you're obviously not going to get the same limelight that he does, so I just didn't think it was really set up very well for the Outlaws to do great in this study, but time will tell, and we'll see what happens as we go forward. So, both of these artists today were out in the calendar year of 1996, but Exhibit's album was out first, so we'll start with him. Born Alvin Nathaniel Joyner on September 18, 1974 in Detroit, Michigan, United States. Other names exhibit A and X to the Z. Years active are listed as 1994 to present. Origins listed as Albuquerque, New Mexico, United States. And his genres are listed as hip-hop. So, if I remember correctly, I believe exhibit may be the first person we cover here to have New Mexico listed as their place of origin. Obviously, we see that's not the place that he was born, which was Detroit, nor is it really the place he raps, which is LA, but... Nonetheless, it is listed as his origin, and I do believe it's a first. So, now let's read up on some background info on Exhibit and see what else we can find out about him. Alvin Nathaniel Joyner, born September 18, 1974, better known by his stage name Exhibit, is an American rapper, actor, songwriter, television presenter, and radio personality. Exhibit began his musical career after the release of his debut studio album, At the Speed of Light, on October 15, 1996. 
The album generated both critical and commercial success, peaking at number 74 on the Billboard 200. It also contained the single Paparazzi, which peaked at number 83 on the Billboard Hot 100. This success allowed Exhibit to secure a recording contract with Loud Records later that year. Exhibit released his second album, 40 Days and 40 Nights, on August 25, 1998, which peaked at number 53 on the Billboard 200. The album also contained the single What You See Is What You Get, which peaked at number 50 on the Billboard Hot 100. The album's success caught attention from West Coast rapper Dr. Dre, who acted as the executive producer on Exhibit's third album, Restless, which was released on December 12, 2000. Restless debuted at number 14 on the Billboard 200 and was later certified platinum in the United States. The album contained the singles Front to Back, X, and Get Your Walk On. His follow-up album Man vs. Machine in 2002 also enjoyed success. It debuted at number 3 on the Billboard 200 and was certified gold. Weapons of Mass Destruction in 2004 also became certified gold. After the release of Full Circle in 2006, Exhibit underwent a hiatus not releasing music until the release of his seventh studio album, Napalm, on October 9, 2012. Since 2013, he is part of the hip-hop supergroup Serial Killers. Exhibit has also gained fame as an actor and television host for his role as Shine Johnson in the television series Empire and as the host for reality television series Pimp My Ride. So, some interesting stuff there for Exhibit. We do see the song I first heard of by him Paparazzi mentioned. We see a couple of singles as well as albums that peak pretty well on some charts and also a certified platinum album as well as two gold albums. So, while it's nothing insane like some stuff that we've seen from other legends like Jay-Z and Lil Wayne and stuff like that, Exhibit definitely had his moments with a fair amount of commercial success. So, let's read up on my synopsis of Exhibit and see what I had to say about him. Although I personally never owned a single Exhibit album in my life, he was one of my sleeper picks going into this study. Did I expect him to finish top 10? No, but I expected him to do much better than most seemed to give him credit for. He had a fair amount of dope bars and was good at using different rhyme patterns and schemes, but he did take shortcuts relatively often. One of the most surprising things to me about Exhibit was how underrated he was as a storyteller. He was also very good at being able to keep a topic throughout a song and finished above average lyrically overall. X to the Z qualified seven albums for scoring. Four of those seven were good and the remaining three were great albums. Of his 104 qualified songs, nine were great, another 39 were good, and not a single one was weak. He was very consistent in general from song to song and album to album throughout his entire 25-year career so far. Although I'm sure it's somewhat to his dismay, Exhibit is probably more well-known for the TV show Pimp My Ride than he is for his actual music. Nonetheless, he's a relatively popular name, and he did have influences on artists such as DMX, Jay-Z, Ja Rule, Big Sean, and others. While his image wasn't overly original or standout, he never seemed to follow any trends either. On top of that, his message was surely his own and stayed that way. He was also extremely versatile, showing he could do just about anything on the mic well, and he also had some pretty original song topics and things he did with his music. So let's check out the numbers here for Exhibit and see how everything added up for him at the end of the day. Lyrics he gets a 6. Like I spoke about, he was above average, man. Very, very consistent. Um, Kind of stayed at that 6 for the most part. I won't say that 
he never got any better or that there weren't any hiccups anywhere. Like I said, he did use shortcuts relatively often and stuff like that, but it was definitely outweighed by some dope bars, his ability to use different rhyme schemes and patterns. And like I said, he was a very underrated storyteller. That's not something that I equated with Exhibit in any way, shape, or form. I had never heard Exhibit tell a story up to this point, but when I went through his catalog, definitely a very underrated storyteller. So he gets a good score of a six there lyrically. Albums, he gets a 5.04 with zero classics, but still pretty solid on the albums there. Seven albums, four good ones, three great ones. So not even ever an average album there from Exhibit. So good stuff. Songs, he gets a plus 0.87, which again is a solid score. Um, it's nothing ridiculously high like some other people we've seen, but almost a full point there for Exhibit. We talk about that all the time. If you can gain a full point, um, that's really going to help you out. So almost a full point there for Exhibit. He had 104 songs. Nine of them were great, not a single weak song. So that comes out to almost a full point there for Exhibit. Impact, he gets a five and a half. And that's kind of a combination of things. I don't really think that Exhibit... I guess I shouldn't say this because I don't really know what Exhibit's goal was. But again, Exhibit was not the most commercially successful rapper ever. But he did have some commercial successes. A platinum album, two gold albums, a bunch of pretty poppin' singles and stuff like that. And this was accomplished while only putting out seven albums. So it's not that he's got you know a platinum album, two gold albums, and a bunch of successful singles. But he put out 14 albums. That's not to say that putting out 14 albums is a negative thing. I'm just trying to make a point that the things that he did accomplish, he accomplished with not that large of a body of work. Also, again, you just have to keep in mind that he does have a platinum and two gold albums and a couple of successful singles and stuff like that. Um, couple names there on the influence list. It's close to a six for Exhibit. I, I feel that it's out of five and a half, but it's close to a six. If Exhibit could come out with something else, maybe get a couple more names to that list or something like that, he could probably push this to a six, but nothing too major for Impact when it came to Exhibit there. So he gets a five and a half, just above average. And Originality, he gets a seven, which I was not anticipating going into this. To me, again, I never had an Exhibit album or anything like that, but to me, for the most part, aside from maybe his voice and his delivery, Exhibit was in general a typical West Coast rapper that made typical West Coast music for the most part, which again is partly true. His image wasn't overly original. He didn't follow any trends or anything like that, but it wasn't overly original and same with his music sound and stuff like that. Yes, it was West Coast and its overall sound, but some of his messages were very unique. Some of his song topics were very unique. Like I said, his voice and his delivery and things. So he gets a seven, which is a solid score there for originality. And like I said, I wasn't expecting that. I thought Exhibit would have been closer to a five, maybe a five and a half for that. So you add all those five numbers up and you divide by five. And that gives you a final rating of 4.88, which puts Exhibit in 49th place of 184 artists done overall. So, not too bad of a finish there for Exhibit, and that's kind of somewhat what I expected from Exhibit when I predicted him to be one of the dark horses in this study. Um, maybe a little higher, like around 40 or so right now, but generally speaking, this is kind of around where I expected Exhibit to finish, although I'm not sure that most people would put Exhibit in their top 100, but maybe I'm wrong about that. I just don't really ever hear anybody bring this guy's name up. Whether it's other artists, you know, when you ask other artists who influenced you, who are you a big fan of, things like that. I don't really ever hear anybody say Exhibit. 
I've never had somebody just come up to me and say, yo, exhibit, you know, whatever. Or you ever hear this dude exhibit or anything like that. I've never asked anybody who's your favorite rapper or who do you think the greatest rapper of all time is and had them say exhibit. So exhibit just kind of seemed to me like one of those guys that was better than what people were giving him credit for. But again, I don't really know where most people have him on their list, but I would assume that this is a little higher than most people place him. And I think it's, I think that's fair. Nonetheless, big shout out to Exhibit Man for sure. And with that now out of the way, let's get into our breakdown of Outlaws member Big Psych. His birth name is Tyrus Gerald Himes, also known as Psych, Mussolini, and Little Psycho. Born November 22, 1968 in Inglewood, California, United States. Origins listed as Los Angeles, California, United States. And died December 5, 2016 in Hawthorne, California, United States. His genres are listed as hip-hop, and his years active are listed as 1989 to 2016. So, of course, we gotta say rest in peace to Big Psych, man. We never want to lose anybody, but we're talking about the 90s here, which at this point was almost 30 years ago, crazily enough. So, you know, I guess that's starting to become a little bit more of a more common thing. I don't want to make it sound like that. I don't want to make it sound like we're all dying and shit like that, but... It, it is just weird to me, man. It is crazy how these are some guys that, you know, I grew up listening to and a good chunk of these guys are gone now and I can't say that all of them died that young. You know, some of these guys are in their 40s and 50s and yeah, that's that's young comparatively to what your average person lives to. But when you think about some of the things that these people went through, some of the places that they grew up, some of these people were shot you know, 6, 10, 15 times, whatever the hell the case is. Some of these people were, you know, facing life in jail, um, been stabbed, just been in some really horrible situations, maybe addicted to some serious drugs, just countless things. I mean, the lifespan for rappers in general, I don't think is as high as your normal person's lifespan. So, you know, you got people like Little Peep and... Uh, Extation or whatever his name is. Excuse me if I said the wrong thing. I'm really not too up on this more recent stuff. First of all, because I'm not really a fan of it in general from what I heard. And second of all, because I've been doing this. So right now, I'm listening to the 90s because that's who I'm up to. Um, you know, when I get up to more current shit, the people that made the cut, I'll listen to them. So I apologize if I butchered that dude's name. I don't really know him. But, but nonetheless, rest in peace to all these people that we lost, man, for sure. So, let's read up on some background info on Big Psych and see what that says. Tyrus Gerald Himes, November 22, 1968 to December 5, 2016, better known by his stage names Big Psych and Mussolini, was an American rapper best known for his work with the American hip-hop groups Thug Life and Outlaws. His stage name Big Psych is a revision of his childhood nickname Little Psycho. He died at his home in Hawthorne, California on December 5th, 2016. So, not really anything there that we weren't already aware of, so let's get into my breakdown of Big Psych. My knowledge of Big Psych was similar to that of CPO Boss Hog. I knew the name and had heard verses of theirs on Tupac songs, but never heard an album of theirs or even heard any of their songs for that matter. Lyrically, he was inconsistent from bar to bar as he had some decent lines and showed the ability to tell a story, but also took shortcuts a fair amount. The high majority of his rhymes were simplistic and one syllable, but he was definitely capable of rhyming a lot of words per bar. Considering his smaller body of work, he repeated things quite often and his hooks seemed to be lacking. 
Ultimately, he was carried by his solid ability to keep a topic and use different rhyme schemes and finished average lyrically overall. Big Psych only qualified four albums for scoring, all of which were good. Of his 51 songs, none were great or weak, but he did have nine good ones. Aside from being in The Outlaws and on some Tupac songs, there isn't really too much to boast about in this department with no clear influences on any other artists. While there were some things about Big Psych that were very typical, overall he wasn't. From his message and song topics to his sound, voice, and delivery, Psych did his own thing. So let's check out the math for Big Psych and see how it adds up. Lyrics he gets a 5. Like I spoke about, he was pretty inconsistent even from bar to bar. So, you know, Psych would have a pretty decent line and then, you know, he would take a shortcut in the next bar or... You know, he would rhyme a, a couple of words per bar, but they'd all be one syllable and things like that. So there were a couple of things that were pulling him a little below average. And then there were a couple of things like being able to tell a decent story and some rhyme patterns and a couple of decent lines that were able to hold him at a five even. So he stays at average with a five there for lyrics. Albums, he gets a 3.96 with zero classics, but... Again, like we spoke about, only four albums and all four of them were good. So that's certainly not bad there for Big Psych. Songs he gets a zero. We spoke about that as well. Only 51 songs in total. No great songs. No weak songs. So he stays even with a zero there. Impact he gets a four. And again, you know, you have to look at the reality of the scenario. Yes, he was in a group with Tupac. Yes, he was on a couple of Tupac songs and things like that. But... That's kind of a double-edged sword in itself, right? You know, when you're in that limelight in the sense that you're standing next to one of the most popular people on planet Earth, let alone one of the most popular rappers, also very controversial and just stirred up a lot of attention. You know, when you're constantly around somebody like that and you're not able to garner even a tenth of that attention, it says something for you that you're there in the first place to a certain extent. Where yes, maybe somebody could just be a childhood friend you were in the right place at the right time. That is possible and that could happen. But at the same time, we do have to give the dude his credit for being in a group with Tupac and being on songs with Tupac and stuff like that. But we also have to keep in mind the opportunities that were afforded to this man that he really was never able to seemingly grab a hold of and run with. So I think that that coupled with the fact that he hasn't had any clear influences on any other artists, keeps him below average at a four. And originality, he gets a seven and a half, which it was kind of just a combination of a couple of little things there. It wasn't anything too crazy about Big Psych where his image or, you know, something was totally out of left field. And there were a couple of things about him that were typical. But like I said, overall, he wasn't typical. Um, you know, just from his voice... His delivery, song topics, you know, the overall message in his song and stuff like that. Psych definitely went out of his way to create his own lane. So he gets a good score of a seven and a half there for originality. You add all those five numbers up and you divide by five, which gives you a final rating of 4.09, which leaves Big Psych in a four-way tie for 118th place of 184 artists done overall. So... Not a great finish there for Big Psych as he finishes in the back half, but not an awful finish by any stretch. And just for the record, that four-way tie is with Salt and Pepper and MC Shan, all of whom we covered on the podcast already. So just wanted to point that out. Interesting stuff. Those just seem like one of those things, right? I mean, 
we're almost halfway through now, and this is still all the way back in 118th place. So if you average this out, you're looking at like 236 or something like that. If I ask somebody to name 236 rappers off the top of their head, they probably couldn't. But let's just play devil's advocate and say they could. It would be such a random thing to say, okay, I have big psych of the outlaws in 236th place, and he's in a tie with Salt and Pepper and MC Shan. And it's like, what? How the fuck did you come up with that? So I just think things like that are super interesting. I mean, I would have never equated those four people in any way, shape, or form. And that's not to say that their music is similar in any way. That's not to say that their skill level is the same. That's not to say any of these things. But at the end of the day, when all was said and done and you added everything up, they came out to the exact even score. Again, that doesn't mean that they'll stay like that for the entire remainder of the study. But right now... They're in a four-way tie, and I just think that's a really interesting four-man group right there. But big shout-out and rest in peace to Big Psych, man, no doubt. So now let's get into our list, starting with our top 10% overall, which stays exactly the same today. So in our top spot, we have Jay-Z, who's in second place of 184 artists done overall. Behind him, we have Big L, who's in fifth. Directly behind him in sixth is Nas. And directly behind Nas is AZ, who's in 7th. Directly behind him in 8th is Method Man. A couple of slots back from Meth is Black Thought of the Roots, who's in 10th. Directly behind Thought is Tupac and Biggie, who are in a three-way tie for 11th. Behind them in 15th is Pharaoh Manch. Behind Pharaoh is KRS-One, who's in 18th place. Directly behind him in 19th is Rock of Helta Skelta. And directly behind him is Proof, who's in 20th couple of slots back from Proof in 22nd is Jizza, and directly behind Jizza is Sean Price of Helta Skelta, who's in 23rd. Directly behind Sean P is Slick Rick, who's in 24th place of 184 artists done overall. So man, I, I just randomly noticed when reading this list off today, I just noticed that KRS-One and Slick Rick are the only two 80s guys left up there. I don't know how it slipped past me that quickly that there's only two 80s guys left in this list. I'm sure when we cut the list down from a 15% to a 10%, that probably plucked a couple of 80s guys out of there. But still, man, I mean, I just realized, you know, we talked about a good way into the 90s, how a lot of these 80s guys were still holding on up there. And don't get me wrong, KRS-One still sitting in a really nice spot. Slick Rick hanging on to our last spot. So... We'll see how long he's able to hold on to that for, but there still are two 80s dudes up in there, but man, the 90s are really, really, really coming fucking heavy and taking over, and not only taking over, but taking over some really high spots. Now again, I do feel obligated to point out that some of these 90s guys are in 183rd, 184th, and things like that, so... We've spoke about it before. The 90s was very hit or miss. You know, you got guys second place, fifth place, sixth place, seventh place, eighth place, all this shit occupying all these spots all the way up until our 10th spot where we see KRS-One then occupying more spots. But it's the same thing on the bottom. When you go all the way to that bottom, it's a 90s guy, a 90s guy, a 90s guy, a 90s guy, maybe 180s, a 90s guy, a 90s guy. So... Very hit or miss in the 90s here today. But like I said, neither of these artists able to crack this list today. So let's move on to our top 10% overall lyrically. So in a four-way tie for our top spot, we have Pharaoh Manch, Black Thought of the Roots, Nas, and AZ. 
all with lyrical scores of eight and a half. Behind them, we have a tie for fifth place between Method Man and Jay-Z, who both got lyrical scores of eight. Behind them, in a four-way tie for seventh place, we have Master Ace, Jizza, Common, and Big L, who all got lyrical scores of seven and a half. Then in a three-way tie for 11th place behind them, we have KRS-One, Lord Finesse, and Sean Price of Hell to Skelter, who all got lyrical scores of seven. And then in a 13-way tie for our last spot, which is 14th place, we have Will Smith, Rakim, Cool G Rap, Everlast, Tupac, Redman, Sticky Fingers of Onyx, Lazy Bone of Bone Thugs and Harmony, Biggie, Tame One, Lil Wayne, Rock of Helter Skelter, and Razkaz, who all received lyrical scores of six and a half. So again, neither artist able to crack this list today, so let's move right along to our top artists from each decade. We'll start off with our 1980s decade, as it was obviously the first, so your top five artists to come out in the 1980s are 1. KRS-One 2. Slick Rick 3. Rakim 4. Rev Run of Run DMC and 5. LL Cool J This list has stayed the same for quite some time now and may never change. So, moving on to our top artists to come out in the 90s so far. Number 1. Jay-Z Number 2. Big L 3. Nas, 4. AZ, and 5. Method Man. So again, neither artist able to crack this top 5 of the 90s so far, which has now stayed untouched for 2 weeks here. So let's see how long we go forward without that list being altered again, as we definitely see in time after time it's becoming one of the hardest lists to crack for sure. I do think that when that lyrical list gets pushed down by some other high finishes and we're not getting that 13-way tie at the end anymore, I think that's going to be a really ruthless list to crack as well. But right now it's a little bit long and you can sneak in that last spot there in a big tie. So we'll have to see how these lists change going forward soon. But we're in the back half of the 90s here. So that 90s list is really solid and really fucking hard to crack. So moving on to our regional list, we're going to start with our East Coast. Your top three artists to come out of the East Coast thus far are 1. Jay-Z from Brooklyn, New York. 2. Big L from Harlem, New York. And 3. Nas from Queens, New York. Moving over to our West Coast, number 1. Tupac from Marin County, California. Number 2. Razkast from Carson, California. And number 3. Ice Cube from Los Angeles, California. Moving down south... The number one artist to come out of the South thus far is Lil Wayne from New Orleans, Louisiana. Number two, Andre 3000 of Outkast from Atlanta, Georgia. And three, Big Boy, also of Outkast and also from Atlanta, Georgia. Moving over to our Midwest, your number one rapper to come out of the Midwest thus far is Proof from Detroit, Michigan. Number two, Common from Chicago, Illinois. And number three, Crazy Bone of Bone Thugs and Harmony from Cleveland, Ohio. So unfortunately, neither artist today able to crack any of our lists, but that's okay because this is certainly because this certainly has not been the common theme lately. And just for the record, Exhibit was basically right outside of every list he was eligible for. So I do want to give a big shout out to Exhibit and Big Psych, obviously, and anybody else in any of these lists that we named here today for sure. If you'd like to see any or all of the lists in full, you can give the Facebook website a visit at www.facebook.com slash tale of the tapes podcast. If you're interested in following any of the things that we talk about in this show on writing, you can give the page a like and follow everything there. Best source of information for the podcast for sure. 
You can also give the host website a visit at www.anchor.fm slash tale of the tapes. Both of those links are spelled completely normally. On that host website, you do see a support button. I would really appreciate anybody that could hit that for me. Even if it's just a dollar or something, greatly appreciated for sure. And that's going to do it for today's episode, man. Next week, we'll be covering original nine Wu-Tang member Ghostface Killer and Lil' Kim. And I will tell you, this was a very surprising episode for me for a couple of reasons, not just one reason. So tune in next week to see why. Tale of the tapes. Peace. Tale of the tapes. Might as well. Better off.